Welcome, everyone. I'm Bruce. I'm Greg. And I'm Casey. Together, we will dive into the mysterious world of the hit TV show, Supernatural. Join us as we follow Sam and Dean on some crazy adventures, as we break down episode by episode and have some fun along the way. Today's episode, Season 1, Episode 13, Route 666, premiered on January 31st, 2006, directed by Paul Shapiro and written by Eugene Ross Lemming and Brad Buckner. We are natural, natural. friends. Friends. We've got our pal Greg. We've got our guy Bruce. They've got their other friend who's pretty cool. We're gonna spend some time with Sam and Dean. We're gonna kill some monsters and break down a scene. Super natural friends. Super natural friends. Remember, spoilers ahead. This week on Supernatural, Sam and Dean are called on by Dean's ex-girlfriend Cassie to battle a racist ghost truck. Once again, the ghost truck turns out to be a vengeful spirit. Rest in peace, Bruce's bingo board. In the middle of all this terror, Dean and Cassie reignite the flame of their passion, but Dean ultimately gets shot down and the boys move on. I've had this thought that I've been rattling around and I keep forgetting to say anything about is with these opening scenes in Supernatural, it's it's horror, like it's supposed to be scary, but it's also you expect these people to die. So you're just watching people die. It's not scary when you know the result. Does that make sense? Yes. So that there, there have been so many openings of like there's an 80% chance this person's going to die. I'm not going to try to root for him because they're going <laughs> to die. You also and, have no investment at that point because they've yeah. just appeared. So you're just like random guy. I mean, I guess that they go, they go. <laughs> a fun fact for you guys to start. There actually used to be a route 666 that ran through the four corners region of the U.S. Um, and it was nicknamed the Devil's Highway. So this nickname plus rumors of the road being cursed due to an unusually large number of fatalities on the road, plus a high rate of sign theft, caused it to be renumbered to Route 491 in 2003. So boring. <laughs> That's really cool. <laughs> you guys want to hear some of those rumors about the road being cursed? Yeah. One of the most widespread stories surrounding the unexplained phenomenon of the haunted Highway 666 is the story that covers experiences that involves an ominous black sedan that appears to charge individuals driving on this long stretch of road. Many individuals that have traveled this road have stated that as doing so, they begin to experience an intense degree of fear as the sun sets on the lonely horizon within their view. Once darkness falls on the desolate road, the witnesses claim to see headlights coming up behind them. Despite the fact that they reach high speeds, the car seems to gain on them quickly. Many pull over in order to get out of the way of the dangerously close vehicle. Many witness the vehicle speeding fast past them. Others look up to view the vehicle and discover that there was no vehicle at all. Is this an hallucination induced by the desert? Or does Satan truly intimidate travelers in a mysterious black sedan? Mm. 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 So it sounds like this was one of the biggest inspirations for the ghost truck in this episode. Um, there are some other stories about things happening on Route 666, which we'll link to that whole webpage in the show notes from hauntedplacestogo.com. I wonder what the 
fatality rate. I wonder if it's still as bad. <laughs> or no. So if it's magically better. Really? Um, <laughs> not magically. <laughs> um, Overnight. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a fun story to say that it's happened with the name change, but there have actually been increased safety measures. Um, so most of the stuff that was happening happened along one stretch of the road in, I think it was New Mexico. And they've improved a lot of the safety measures on that stretch of road around that same time. So <laughs> there's it has caused uh, some correlation between the renaming and the decrease of fatalities <laughs> on the road. It was definitely the name change. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so this episode starts us out in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, which isn't actually where the episode was t- supposed to take place originally. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed the shrimp dock that we take a visit to in the Is episode. it like it's like crabs or something? It's like live crabs or something? Yeah. Um <laughs> which you don't get in Missouri. Originally this episode was written to be in Louisiana, but as you guys know, the show's filmed in British Columbia, Canada, and a snowstorm came through, and so they changed the location to Missouri instead of Louisiana, where snow is much more likely. I did notice the uh snowstorm and I was gonna call it out, but then I was like Okay, there might be snow at that point because our what was our timeline at? We're roughly it's springtime, right? Yeah, we're we're like April. <laughs> yeah, which is, I mean, even in Pennsylvania, is not weird to get a freak snowstorm. Yeah, it's not completely crazy. And I even think so. In my rewatch, I was listening to the radio, the initial like when the guy's driving and the radio's on. I think they are even talking about a freak snowstorm or something like that. <laughs> so if you're driving down the road and somebody comes up on you and they're like flooring it to you what do you think you would do do you think you'd try to outrun a car no not i mean no especially before he started actually ramming him like i get at that point but initially i was like i don't know if i would like punch the gas i don't know if that'd be my first reaction they eventually cover it and say that he had like seen him before so he's probably scared already um Okay. But I, I just, I, I don't know if that'd be my, like, I don't know if I'm that good of a driver that I'm like, I can outrun this guy. He'll be all right. <laughs> so we had a little bit of a role reversal from what we saw in Skin, where in Skin, um, Dean was all about going to continue the job they were on, and Sam pulled them away to go visit their friends in St. Louis. This time, Sam wanted to keep going to PA, but Dean got a call from Cassie, and he had to jump. I always wonder about those people that they, like, decide to avoid like do you think they go help them later i'm telling myself for this one that they didn't have a job they were just going to visit jerry (laughs) for like (laughs) a birthday party or something (laughs) bruce what did you think about the fact that dean told cassie their big family secret and violated family rule number one we do what we do and shut up about it so We talked about this before on the reason they do it. And like, while I was thinking about it, it's not like these people have secret, secret identities. I mean, Dean's technically dead. Um, But like a lot of these people that they're going to save, know their names, know their identities and know that they do this. They know that they go and save them from, you know, supernatural entities. And like, they keep it a secret because why? Other than the fact that obviously this girl decided he was insane and decided that they needed to break up. Um, so I don't know. I I don't think I care at this point because other people know about their secret. 
it just seems like a weird thing to really try to avoid talking to other people about. I think it's more of a, yeah, of course, the people that we save and that we work with are going to know what we do. But people outside of that, they can't, we can't tell them because that what happened with Cassie is exactly what's going to happen. People are going to think we're crazy and eventually it's going to come back to hurt us. I suppose so. I guess if you look at it, like even now, if somebody came up and told me that, I'd be like, what, what, what? (laughs) If I hadn't seen something. It just seems like uh, after all this time, they would have some type of evidence they could show somebody, right? Like, I don't know. There's, there's got to be something out there. I can't decide if it's another example of Dean being selfish and letting the rules apply to him whenever he is okay with them applying, or if it's more of the origin of why Dean is such a stickler for the rules because he broke the rules and he got hurt by it. I like to think that he was so in love that this was the time to break that rule. I, I like it as the origin of of Dean's mentality. Uh, you know, I mean, even from childhood, they more or less followed their dad more than Sam did. But then the one time he decided to to bend the rules, he, he got burned real bad. Oh, not going to do that anymore. I'm going to do exactly what I'm told. Because <laughs> uh, there's a reason for everything. I guess. <laughs> but was it two weeks was that was it yeah was it was two weeks. Yeah, oh yeah. my god and well so she she was in college so i'm assuming he was about the same age so it's not like high school 16 year old love it's still pretty young but like two weeks huh <laughs> yeah, that's all it took. that's that's like military relationship style <laughs> like i'm shipping <laughs> out let's tie this knot let's go but in his line of work obviously they don't have time to give it months and months to tell them about these types of things or even because like they're what in a different state every single episode like it'd be hard to even try to keep this relationship going you know let alone so i guess you have to move a little quicker yeah and this whole character of cassie and the idea of this relationship came from uh pressure from the studio to build more romance into the show which is why we got the super weird <laughs> sex scene. Um, but I like the way that they approached it, where instead of what we've gotten for romance so far has been these people suddenly just falling in love with the Winchesters off of their week or two of spending time with them. It's, oh no, this person is someone who used to be in their life and we're coming back to, and we can play off of an old ro- romance instead of trying to believe that we saw one built in front of us over two encounters yeah at least it's unique in that it's not like a a will they won't they style romance that's overplayed in in every tv show so that's nice yeah but at the same time it's like instead it's this previous two-week romance from six years ago (laughs) i don't know how much better that is Uh, but you mentioned the sex scene and i just read this trivia quote from imdb did did you look up this trivia about the uh, um, the notes they got? Yeah, yeah, I thought I thought it was fascinating. Editor Anthony Pinker was amused by the notes he got from the network for this episode. Despite all the multiple deaths and violence in the show, Pinker was expressly told not to depict Cassie on top of Dean in their sex scene. True to the rebellious nature of the supernatural cast and crew, they did exactly that. If you're going to have a sex scene, at least stick it to the execs, I guess. <laughs> I figured it was something along the lines of our 
the reason we had his shirt taken off and skin. Like, I thought it was just like, we, we just need to see his with his shirt off again. And that's why we need to do this. So I was pretty close with that theory. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah, not far. So we see Cassie and her editor arguing with the mayor about how to respond to all these people dying. And I had a genuine moment where I had this little thought in my head. You guys have any guess what that thought was? Hey, who is that? That's right. Welcome to our weekly segment where we take a look at some of the guest stars featured on this week's episode of Supernatural. So let's start with the person who gave me that thought. Dean's one true love that we'll never see again. Sorry, Bruce. Cassie Robinson. Played by Megalyn Echikunwoke. What is... Who is that? (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Who (laughs) is So you might recognize Megalyn from her appearance on season one of the show 24, playing Nicole Palmer. You might know her as Steven's half-sister, Angie Barnett, on that 70s show. Maybe as Isabel Tyler on the 4400, Tara Price on CSI Miami, or where I recognize her from, and Bruce you may have as well, her portrayal of the Mari McCabe version of Vixen in the CW Arrowverse. Next up, we have Cassie's boss, Jimmy Anderson, played by Alvin Sanders. Hey, who is that? So while you might not recognize him in person, you might recognize his voice. His voice was featured on The New Adventures of He-Man, G.I. Joe, Street Sharks, Double Dragon, Dragon Ball Z, Sherlock Holmes in the 22nd Century, X-Men Evolution, and Transformers. But if you do recognize him in person, it's probably from him currently playing Pop Tate on Riverdale. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week on... Hey, who is that? So, when they're in the house and they're talking to Cassie, uh, that her mom walks in. Um, and Dean has this moment where he, where the mom wants to go. She wants to leave them alone and let them talk. And Dean stops her and says, hey, if you get a chance, we'd really like to talk to you. And I thought that that was the most genuine uh, Dean request like to talk to somebody that we haven't had in the past because in the, usually it ends up him going like bah, 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 and Sam's like, okay, I got this. And he steps in and try to, tries to like, you know, he persuades them to, you know, help them or talk to them. Uh, but Dean was felt very dialed in because I don't know, I guess a mother-in-law type relationship at that point. Um, just, I, 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 that I kind of got that during that scene. I still can't get over this two week timeline. <laughs> Having that, I, I'm, I got the same feeling, but it's it's two weeks. I can't... Man. Young love. I really enjoy how much Sam is having fun with this whole Dean's romance thing. Like, he fen- genuinely felt this episode like a younger brother just having a good time messing with his older brother. Yeah, it was pretty fantastic to see Dean kind of like a loss for words most of the time. Yeah. Mostly like, hey, shut up! Like, like that's mostly <laughs> what we got from him. <laughs> So our race truck ends up killing the editor and we see Cassie go to the scene of the accident and talking to Mayor Harold Todd. She um, kind of accuses him of being racist and asks him if all the victims were white, would he have closed down the road by now, which she was trying to get him to do. He tells her to ask her mom why he's not racist. And to me, this is the 
beginning of the poor portrayal of modern racism in the episode. Okay. I'm not racist. I have a black friend. <laughs> is that is that is that what you're getting at? <laughs> kind of, but like this whole episode treats racism like it's it doesn't exist today. Oh uh, yeah. That's, um, that's a good point. Every time it's talked about it's oh, it was the sixties. Things were different then. It was a different time. <laughs> it was a different time. And it's it's all played from an angle where nothing would happen today like this. It's all it's all past stuff but i mean we know from everything going on now that that's not true at all and i think the past 15 years have just made this episode look kind of worse and worse from the way it tries to play things off as bad as it is i thought it was going to be much worse because of his ambiguous why don't you ask your mother thing i thought he was implying that they had sex that's absolutely what I thought. And I, thought I was like, that does not make you not a racist. That's <laughs> terrible. But oh, So, I, yeah, skipping ahead, but the thing that he's referring to is that one time he helped a black person not get arrested. Yeah. So, was it 40 years ago, he, <laughs> he helped a couple black kids not get arrested for killing a guy, and that's proves that he's not racist today. That same guy who burned down a church and murdered a bunch of children. Like, the the crime and punishment really didn't have much to do with race. But you're not a racist because you helped out some black folk. Like, that's terrible. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't come off very well. Did it seem weird that he was even at the crime scene at all? Like, he's the mayor, right? I thought so. But then whenever um, he has a law enforcement background it seems like something he would be very interested in um especially f- from his involvement with it earlier and like this was someone he knew so i i kind of see how it all connected to him wanting to be there the suits are back though the suits are back <laughs> i was so excited <laughs> so they've been hanging out somewhere in that big big trunk of the impala and we brought him back out i honestly thought that they were going to wear them to a funeral and I was it was going to make me really mad because we talked about in um, Bloody Mary how they didn't use them for the funeral. But now they wear them to pretend to be uh, from an insurance company. Uh, yeah, suits are back and they're versatile. They they match Homeland Security and insurance adjusters. So that's mm-hmm. nice. <laughs> when the mayor gets killed, it's a very weird kill. Yes. It's pretty dumb. He he was running down a road from a truck. Uh-huh. Trees all around. <laughs> and like it looks like he just gets clipped by the truck. But then he's just and then he dead. Does. Yeah. Yeah. He's got like is there's like blood from his mouth and eyes, maybe even. Yeah. Maybe his nose. Just felt like a very like it didn't from what I saw, it didn't look like he should be bleeding from the head and you know it looked like he jumped out of the way even a little bit. So I just thought that was a, was a little poor scene right there. Yeah, it was, it was a weird death and, and reminded me of the shower death and bugs where it's just like we needed another death for the plot, but we just it it kind of wasn't fleshed out, I guess. So Dean and Cassie are investigating the murders in the 60s and find out about Cyrus Dorian who went missing in April of 1963 and the fact that 
the mayor bulldozed the house after he purchased it and the killing started the day after. So we find out some really important information that it seems like everyone's going to go act on. And then suddenly Cassie's at home just hanging out. I had to go back and rewatch it and make sure I didn't miss anything. But it was just a really weird transition from Cassie being involved to learning that information. Yeah. And to suddenly Cassie's alone at home and like Dean's not even there. Who knows what Sam and Dean are doing, but whatever it is, they're not with Cassie. (laughs) And that's when she gets intimidated by the ghost truck. Yeah. That whole bit was a little weird in general. The whole like intimidation part. You're just in the house. <laughs> just, Go yeah. upstairs. And you just kept waiting for the truck to like drive through a window, but instead it's like, no, nah, I'm just going to scoot around to this side of the house. How's it? And it tries to sh- show the truck making that turn around the corner of the house, but how's the truck even do that? It'd be more believable if it was just like vanishing and reappearing in places as opposed to <laughs> making those angles. <laughs> And then she, she, did she close the blinds too? She did. Like, yep. Multiple times in <laughs> multiple <laughs> locations. How is, oh. And then you find out that um, Cassie's mom was also in the house the whole time. Which <laughs> you would have had no idea of if they didn't just flat out tell you that she was there after the fact. I don't think I caught on to that. What, did they say it later? Multiple times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They pointed oh, out um, the, that, part. that um there was a target on both of them. They both could have died and yeah. It was weird. So we sit down with mom and we finally get the full story out of her where she dated Cyrus and was hiding her relationship with Martin and we get the whole story of racism in the 60s from a crying white woman. <laughs> and uh we find out that Martin killed Cyrus and his friends helped him hide the body inside his truck inside the swamp. So Sam and Dean go to the swamp to pull him out with this pristine, mysterious tractor that <laughs> who knows where <laughs> they got it from. Didn't even think about that. <laughs> and they're just very quickly able to find this tractor that's been inside this are we, swamp, whatever it is, inside of this water for 40 years that whole part was a little bit weird like he's it's been submerged in water for how long and yeah and like i don't know i don't see a body coming out that you know (laughs) hole yeah and then i thought it was weird that they were gonna try to immediately burn it which i just didn't see a little bit of gas burning a body so i guess this begs the question how much do you have to burn the body before the soul is destroyed like, does it need to be caught on fire? Does it need to be completely destroyed? I mean, we've seen it in the past. It's pretty instantaneous with the salting. Um, so it's normally they salt the body, they catch it on fire, and as soon as they catch it on fire, um, it destroys it. I mean, we saw it in the Asylum episode with the doctor. Um, well, I guess that was the only time we saw it working <laughs> effectively. But normally, as soon as they perform the action, it works. So it, It's more the act of the fire with the salt. Yeah. Um, that creates rather than destroying the body right yeah it's purifying the bones not destroying them but then so along the same lines when it comes to hauntings of objects if it's the same concept then they should have just torched the truck a bit (laughs) which is what dean told sam to do is to he told him to burn the truck um and sam said 
how am I supposed to burn a truck? So, but also from what we've seen of haunted objects, they the haunted object has to be destroyed. So, like, if we remember um, Bloody Mary, they had to destroy the mirror. And mm. in, um, was it Hookman? It wasn't salting and burning it. Like, they didn't have to salt the silver and they didn't have to treat it like a body. It seems to be different rules for haunted objects. Okay. I loved the car chase. I loved watching the Impala in action. Yeah. That was, it was kind of fun just to see, you know, they have this fast car that they casually drive across America. So it was nice to see it just like full action running and driving, you know, as well as it can. That corner that I took into that side road though, I, uh, I am not convinced (laughs) that they could have made it. This whole, the whole idea of this episode came from an idea of an episode full of car chases. (laughs) which would have been incredible, but it's another example of, I have this idea. Let's go talk to production about it. And they say, (laughs) no, we can't do it. We can't afford it. You know how hard it is to film a car chase. (laughs) (laughs) So it's the exact same thing as bugs. An episode gets pared down very far from what the original idea was. Things get put in for filler to try to fill in the space of what they had to take away. And we end up with an episode like this. So knowing that the show goes on for ever, um, I'm hoping, I don't know, I guess, I don't know if there's a prediction. You guys actually know this answer. So I'm assuming they get a little bit more in the budget the next few seasons um, because this show takes off. So do do we run into less of this problem going forward? I I think it's a combination of a slightly better budget and also the show, like, learning what its constraints are. They... Right now, we're just barely halfway into the first season, and the show's just kind of trying to figure out what it what it can do with its budget and how it can make good stories with its characters and everything it's trying to do. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think there are a couple times this season where it falls victim to just overreaching a little bit with its original idea, and they get better and better at learning what they can actually pull off. And we introduce a new element to our spirit lore, um, whenever Dean or Sam comes up with the idea to have the truck cross the threshold into hollowed ground and hope that it doesn't kill Dean in the process. And uh, I'll give you guys a hint. This is the last time we'll ever see that. Well, that's that's extra <laughs> annoying then because they introduced that after Hook, which he was chasing them and trying to kill them in a church. Yep. And so they reversed that. They said, no, you can't do that on hollowed ground. Only to not have it ever come up again. That's frustrating. Yeah. Um, this episode was... Bruce, I, you looked at the names of the writers for the episode, right? Yes. And you didn't recognize them, right? Like, they're names you haven't seen before. Yeah, I don't think we've had either of them. Yeah. Um, this episode was written kind of as a favor. The, the writers aren't on the normal Supernatural writing staff. It was hey, we need another story because one fell through and we're not going to be able to make it. So we need we have one week to write a new episode. Whew. Yeah, that's where some of these inconsistencies come from. And um, like, there's not a lot of overall story written into this. I don't know if they talk about Sam's abilities at all. Um, I think Dad is barely mentioned, if at all. And that's all just because of how quickly the turnaround had to be on the script for the story. I mean, considering that background, not bad. It's a decent episode, <laughs> but it, it does lead to the problems we already complained about. 
I like that they acknowledged, or I like how Dean acknowledged um, the ridiculousness of him just trying it. Um, and he, when he's like, uh, how did you know that was going to work? And he was like, uh, I didn't know it was going to work. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> why would you do that? It's a ridiculous thing to just be like, well, I hope this works. The alternative, he's going to die. So, uh, like, which happens. I think it's happened seven times already this season. Yeah. Um, Most of Sam's ideas are, this might work. I just like that they acknowledge it at this time. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. funny. They hang the lampshade. Yes, hang, ah, hang the lampshade. I got it. <laughs> I was about to say it. <laughs> so Dean and Sam are driving off and Sam's driving, which is becoming more regular. I thought that'd be more of a not thing. Sam asked Dean if he ever thought it'd be better just to give up and, um, give up their life to have that happiness with Cassie. And he kind of gives him this like grin and like nods at him, but doesn't really give him an answer. And obviously, I mean, in my opinion, he'd definitely say, no, there's, you know, the greater good is worth it. Um, but do you guys think the same? I don't think the same. I think so. Normally, whenever Dean thinks something, he'll say it. And he shelters himself whenever has an opportunity to talk about his feelings and he'll hide from it. And his reaction to being asked that question was to smile and go to sleep. It's deflecting. Yeah. I think there's part of him that wants to, wants to give up and be with Cassie. And there's that conflicting part of him that knows that he can't, but still the, the question is, is there a part of him that wants to give it all up? And I think the answer is yes. Reviews. Uh, this week, I'm giving the episode seven racist monster trucks out of ten. I was really prepared for a Bugs bad episode, um, so I was honestly pleasantly surprised. And so overall, it was just like a standard, average, decently good episode. And uh, just our, especially anything involving racism is outdated and even for the time, was kind of a bad look. Um, and the story, you know, the the conflicting lore about Hollow Ground, anything like that, it's just a, you know, an okay episode with some complaints. So that's a typical seven for me. I also gave it seven out of ten ghost trucks. Um it was a very decent, good contained story. So we started off um, with the introduction of Cassie at the end. You know, they can't be together because of their lives. Um, but overall, it, it wrapped up pretty nicely in a bow. I like the little bit more development of Dean as a character, seeing him actually uh, care about, you know, more than just his flings that he has in some of these episodes. Um, and working with someone who is kind of uh, on the same plane as him, and he's not always having to call the shots. I felt like the episode could have either toned back the racism or gone further with it in addressing it. Um, it was kind of like this thing that existed, but it there wasn't much developed in it. We could have at least talked about it more or just kind of left it out. It was kind of in the middle there. Um I loved the final battle, if you want to call it, uh, the car chase. Um, I, I mean, it's just a car chase. I, I don't know what else there is to not like about it. 
Um, but like we said earlier, this is not connected in any way to the overall story, which, I mean, I've complained about every episode that's like that. Um, uh, but this one felt very isolated. We, we, we barely talked about, talked anything. We didn't even get a, like a text from dad or anything. So seven out of 10 ghost trucks. All right. So you guys pretty much touched on all the good stuff about the episode. So let's spend some time talking about the bad stuff. Um, <laughs> I give this episode a five out of 10. So first of all, the monster, like the ghost truck came across as kind of silly to me. I don't, something about it just didn't work. Um, It wasn't ever scary at all. Greg, you kind of said, I know it's not related, but like I never felt any tension when it was on screen. The death of the mayor was kind of hokey. I don't think it worked very well. Um, There were some great stunts in the episode. The, car wrecks um the driving at the end was really great but i think you could tell that this was a episode written about racism by white people it was very heavy-handed that makes it sound like racism doesn't exist today it kind of ends up turning into a white savior story where none of these side characters are allowed to take control of their own fate these two white boys come in and save this town from the thing killing black people. Um, And I think we did a disservice to Cassie in the episode. I think we had a better opportunity to get her her more involved in what was going on. She starts the episode knowing that ghosts exist. She gets the brothers involved, but suddenly she disappears when things start to get important. And I think we could have had a much better story if she had been involved in what was going on and she had her own agency of getting rid of this ghost for this episode. I just have to give it a five out of 10. Next week on Supernatural, we're watching Season 1, Episode 14, Nightmare. Sam has a premonition in which a man is killed, but the murder is made to look like a suicide. I'm going to state that we're seeing Dad in Episode 20. Um, I, th- even with that summary that you read, it sounds like next week's more, I hate to use this term, but filler. Um, so next week, just uh, it's going to be cool. I'm really excited that we're going to have a secret dream, so it's connected a little bit more. Uh, but uh, it's not gonna. It's gonna be a filler episode. Um, we're never gonna see Cassie again. Was a prediction of mine, and uh, Casey confirmed that earlier. <laughs> um, a little bit sad, but I'm still holding out for our beloved psychic. I liked her and Dad are out there riding around together, and I like to think that she's gonna be in the finale. So we will see our beloved psychic on the last episode of the season. Do you think we'll learn about? sam's secret dreams or any underlying causes or anything or is it just going to be like the last time he had a secret dream where it was the catalyst for the episode then they had the episode and then that was it no um i think that's going to be revealed in the last few episodes of the season so 20 in and on for any questions comments or smart remarks send them to naturalfriendspodcast at gmail.com find us on instagram and twitter at naturalfriendspodcast Thank you to our fans and our wives for your continuous support. If you enjoyed this, drop us a review and subscribe. Thank you for joining us. We are Natural Friends. Friends. Supernatural Friends. Am I losing my mind? This was in Missouri? I thought it was Athens, Ohio. Are you kidding me? It's definitely in Missouri. Did I watch the wrong show? (laughs) Okay.